when did you first start interacting with GraphQL? Was that at WorkPop already or did that happen at Gatsby? It was at WorkPop in 2015, very early into GraphQL. And at that point, it was the era of you have to convince people to use GraphQL. Mm -hmm. So I lived through that, (laughs) Um, having to write big proposals on adding a GraphQL server to the the code base and really like negotiating like, oh, we're only going to do one resolver first, you know, and we'll see how it goes. And then the boss is like, okay, how are we going to track metrics on this? And then we're like, well, there's no instrumentation libraries for GraphQL yet. Okay, we have to instrument this ourselves. All right. Now we're like running Prometheus against a GraphQL server. Then the next people are like, okay, how are you going to make sure the, like we have um, alerting and uptime on the GraphQL server? Like, okay, now we got to go do that. There was no, how are we going to cache this stuff? Still wasn't figured out, right? Until recently. But um, that's the era that I started in. And people just like were shaming GraphQL. It was like REST versus GraphQL and all that stuff. Why at that time already were you like at WorkPop, we should use GraphQL? What was sort of the, the problem you were trying to solve for? Or why in 2015 were you like, we should bet on this super early technology where we have to build our own instrumentation, alerting, caching? How did that come to be? So we made a very, I don't want to, okay, I'm not trying to be mean when I say this. In 2014, we built WorkPop initial product with Meteor.js. Mm-hmm. And if those who don't know Meteor.js, it had a essentially client, it was a full stack framework where you could like, essentially have like MongoDB on the client and the server. And you had this special, you weren't using REST, you were using WebSockets for everything. And so we were in this like world. And the problem with Meteor is if your site is very static, you don't need to have like live query subscriptions on every page. You know, it's not something that your app needs. You're not Uber, you know, you're just like, let's say you're like Indeed.com or Craigslist. Like, why do you need live queries on a page that content never changes, right? <laughs> so it has a lot of performance implications when you're a startup and you're actually starting to scale and every query your app makes is a live query, mm-hmm. right? So now your database is always at 100% CPU, et cetera. And then we could have gone to REST, but then we were like, why not, if we're already in this like bleeding edge world of Meteor, then our tolerance for more bleeding edge stuff is actually lower or higher. So we started in- investigating GraphQL. And it just so happened at the time, Meteor broke off Literally, while at the same time, Meteor broke off into Apollo. And so we, as Meteor customers, we like got first look into React Apollo, Apollo Client. I even like contributed a bunch to Apollo Client back in the day, um, just to prove to the engineering managers at my company that this will not shoot us in the foot. So that's kind of how we started. If Meteor never went into Apollo, who knows where, where that'd be? Like, I don't even know. Like, the whole world would be different if you think about it. Yeah, for sure. Apollo invested a lot into the graphical ecosystem early on we got get like like we talked with peggy right like apollo's done a lot of stuff for the graphical community and really graphical wouldn't be where it is without them i love that you were using meteor and, and you struggled with your scaling because that's very reminiscent of the journey we went through it or i went through it at spectrum with the team there because we weren't using meteor but we were also very real-time heavy right spectrum was sort of like this attempt at building a public chat platform which should already tell you a lot about first the real-time implications of it but also the scaling implications of it right and we ran into the exact same troubles with making every data requirement real-time is really expensive on your database and, and just entire infrastructure we eventually also switched to GraphQL and we're much much happier with it than we were with I think we were using Firebase at the beginning so totally totally get that so you're at WorkPop you've convinced your managers and the rest of the team to 
work with a GraphQL API. How long did you end up seeing it work after that? And, and what, what did that GraphQL API evolve to? Yeah, so I stayed at WorkPop from like maybe like I was the I was the seventh employee and I left when we got sold, right? So mm-hmm. the whole time. And GraphQL started off as a single GraphQL server that, you know, was talking to our monolithic database and we just shipped it as like a Node.js server that went alongside the Meteor app. And certain pages of the Meteor app would call into this GraphQL API and we'd start doing like incremental adoption and moving away from Meteor. And then more teams at, at WorkPop wanted to wanted to use GraphQL. And we already had, like, we started building out like a service-oriented architecture. So every service we have, and this is kind of how Gatsby works today, Gatsby Cloud, that is, every service has its own database and it has its own GraphQL server. Mm. So what we would do is we'd have like essentially GraphQL services everywhere and services can communicate to each other through GraphQL and it was all fine and dandy. But for our Essentially, our front end endpoint, we really wanted to kind of stitch together, and this is before schema stitching, but we wanted to stitch together all these services into a single API. So then I, back then, I worked with Jonas from Apollo and Sashko and we like, and Mikhail, Mikhail, who actually worked at Gatsby as well later on. <laughs> he was working on his own GraphQL product at the time. But we all got together and we're talking about schema stitching, and that's kind of where like the schema stitching APIs came from. And, uh, in GraphQL tools. And so we then adopted schema stitching. I had my own version of schema stitching, which would do essentially like you introspect the schema anytime the service boots up and you'd have like a gateway that would be introspecting all schemas and putting them all together. And then now you have like a single API and that worked fine, except when one of your services went down, your gateway needs to know and re-introspect and then your whole service goes down. So we had all these like small problems with like just availability and reliability of the the gateway. And then when we left, it became more of like how it is now. A federation didn't exist, but I had written my own version of federation at, at WorkPop. I used to do that a lot, just like write my own versions of things. I don't do that anymore. But we had our own kind of Apollo federation type of thing where you'd have different graphs, you'd combine them to a single service. Um, I'd build time, it would introspect schemas at build time and generate different GraphQL APIs and, you know, all that type of good stuff. And yeah, and then I think the the industry kind of settled on schema stitching as not the best idea, right? Or use federation is pretty much what people say now. So I think I was on the right track is what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. 